Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Welcome to Raptors Over Everything, a podcast for Yahoo Sports Canada. I'm your host, William Lou. I'm joined by Vivek. And um, look, this is the morning after the bounce. Vivek, how are you feeling, first off? Right now, I'm hype. As hype as I can be for being, you know, uh, for having a flu day, a couple of flu days. This is the flu pod for you. This is the flu pod for me. My Game 7 flu pod. Um, but yeah, that moment was, <laughs> it was just insane. Like. You know, obviously it hits the rim, and you're thinking, all right, we're going to overtime. But then it bounces, and then it bounces, and it bounces again. Oh. And then it goes through the hoop. The suspense. And then, and then honestly, like, I didn't I didn't even see anyone, like, I didn't, I didn't see any of the players react or anything. Mm-hmm. Because as soon as it goes through, I literally jumped out of my chair. <laughs> I was supposed to file at the buzzer. Yeah. I jumped out of my chair. I literally ran the length of the office. And then I came back, and then I hit submit. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, no, I mean, I was, I'm still buzzing about the day after. Like, I I think I slept, like, maybe three hours last night um, in between, like, riding late and, like, being at the (laughs) arena and shit. And just, like, more than anything else, I was just too excited. Like, my mind was just racing throughout the entire day. And then, like, I woke up, and basically the the routine was, uh, let's see all the variations of the shot on Twitter, which, I mean, there are so many of just, like, uh, dubbed versions. Yeah, you got the Titanic. The Titanic. The Avengers. Avengers. There's a Pokemon Encounter one, which I highly recommend. It's a little <laughs> bit uh, niche, but the uh, for, for Pokemon players, like, you know, that, that little three-bounce uh, sound yeah. when, you, when you finally catch the Pokemon, like, that, that was synced to the bounces on the rim. So it worked really well. <laughs> uh, there's the Kanye dubs and stuff, but, I mean... Just a sensational, sensational moment, and and even though there was a reaction pod uh, after last night recapping it, and it was like forty plus minutes, I felt like it was only appropriate the morning after to just collect our thoughts a little bit, go through the entire day, and just revisit what was the greatest moment in Raptors history. You agree? Yeah, absolutely, man. Yeah. So let's start with your day. Yeah. How was your morning like? What, what, were, what were you feeling the first? Um, you know, when you woke up and you realize it's game day for game seven, everything's on the line. What was your what was your thoughts? What was your feeling? So initially I woke up just to, you know, uh, put some final touches on my sort of preview for game seven. Mm-hmm. And again, <laughs> it's kind of ironic to end that piece. I specifically talked about, you know, th- th- that that uh, Pacers game seven uh, where DeMar and Kyle talked about emptying the clip. Mm and so <clears throat> that's where my my mind was at you know just go out put everything out on the floor cuz honestly i didn't know which raptors team we were going to see yep. just because of the nature of the series and how unpredictable they've been mm-hmm. um and so you're kind of just hoping for the best and then honestly it, it just kind of helped to take my mind off things by watching you know EPL D Day, we don't have to talk about that too much. Hey man, listen, um, you already know how my morning was. <laughs> but honestly, you, you guys have, have no, we had no ha, no, but you have so much to be proud of, right? Yeah, yeah. For I sure. mean, to to give City a run like that, mm-hmm. where they were forced into winning what their final fourteen matches to win it by a point it was in, yeah, it was an incredible finish. Um, so, and then you guys still got Champions League to look forward to, so. Yeah, I mean, look, if we're going to take a quick sidebar on Liverpool, that one minute where Mane had put Liverpool up uh, 1-0, yeah. and then in the other game, who was it that scored? I forget who it Glenn was. Murray. Yeah, so uh, <laughs> out of all people, Glenn Murray scores. And it's like, in that, like, I mean, like Aguero scores to even like it up in like a minute a, later. literally a minute later. But yeah. that one minute where 
you see like Anfield and people getting excited. Like that was that was like a tenth of how excited I was for the Colour yeah, shot. I'm yeah, not gonna lie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no, so it's so honestly it kinda helped to like take my mind off for a bit, you know, watching that, watching the IPL final. Um yeah, you got the triple was, you got the triple screens going. I had the triple screens going, you gotta do it, man, every every once in a while. Every um, yeah, every every weekend. <laughs> That's my life, man. Um and then yeah. And then yeah, one one once it was like two, three is just attention you know, fo- shifts to the Raptors because even even when you're watching Denver Portland, you're mm-hmm. relating it to what you might see, right? Yep. And it's like D- Denver comes out the way they did in the first quarter, and it's like, oh man, this is the way the Raptors need to come out. Mm-hmm. Then Den- Denver, you know, finish- finishes not so hot, and you're like, oh my god, please Raptors don't do this. They can't hit a three. <laughs> you're like, wow, this is the Raptor as us. Yeah. And no, then- it was funny because I was um. I was also watching that game, and this is like in the media room at uh, at Scotiabank, and this is like you know after the coaches spoke, it was it just timed it perfectly so that everyone can gather around to watch the last six minutes. And I'm just like hearing other people and Raptors, you know, reporters and coverages and stuff like that, and just people are just saying like, man, if the Raptors game is anything as close to this intense, like I, I don't think I'll be able to handle it. And I'm like, I I don't know. I think it was just <laughs> that intense, if not more so. Um, yeah. And and yeah, I mean, so. For you, then, it was good that there was enough distraction yes. earlier in their day to take away from it. Because for me, that was definitely the case. Like, I like I had to I, I watch the Liverpool match, and then I went out for an Ikea run. And at some point, um, you know, I was just like, my mind was just, I switched off. I was like, it's just like, I, I couldn't really interact with anyone else. And I was just like, I am so stressed yeah. about Game 7. And it, it stayed that way for a solid, like, four hours before tip i was just like in a state of permanent stress yeah thinking about the way it was gonna go and and it's funny you mentioned um indiana game seven because like you know people come up you know and ask like what, what do you think is gonna happen i'm like honestly it's either gonna be um like a blowout for the raptors like game seven against uh, miami or it was gonna be more likely you know game seven against indiana where it's a tough battle down to the the very last possession and you know that's, that's exactly how it played out <laughs> yeah it's wild, like the missed shots. You know, first quarter, yeah. the Raptors. You know, they basically hold Philly scoreless for the first five minutes. Yeah, the, I totally forgot about that now. <laughs> but the Raptors only up like six points. Exactly. <laughs> and then, and then you know, Reddick hits a three, and it's like, all right, well, there goes that. <laughs> and yeah, that, that's basically how the whole game was. You know, uh, no one was really able to take control. Um, there was. Maybe pockets of the game where you know you're looking at the Raptors getting into a bit more of a flow, but they, again they just miss wide open shot after wide open shot. Yeah, and it just seemed like for all the effort that they were putting in, mm-hmm. they couldn't pull away. Yeah, and the thing is, the Raptors defensively were like incredible uh, in terms of just like um, like the, the tenacity defensively. Like I mean, you mentioned like the the fact that Philly comes out and misses like the first eleven shots, and it was like uh, it was just clear right away that the Raptors weren't going to surrender anything easy. But it was also the same thing on the Sixers, and I think this is the one thing where you know, Game Seven, like everything is on the line. Like it's just a different level of intensity. Yeah. There's nothing you can really do to prepare you for it. Like you can play all, you can run through all the simulations and you know in the regular season and stuff. But like the way this game was executed, the way both teams were giving all out effort, you just never ever see that in any other context. And this reminded me a little bit of Game Seven against. Um, a game seven between the Cavs and and, and the and the Warriors in 2016. Obviously, that memorable uh, shot by Kyrie and the block by LeBron. But like throughout that game, like it was such a struggle. The reason why Kyrie's shot was so big was because literally nobody could score. Nobody could hit a single shot for like five minutes. And we're talking about some of the greatest players ever, like yeah. Kyrie, LeBron, Kevin Love to a lesser degree. But Kevin Love <laughs> is still a really good player. And like. You know, on the other side, you got Steph and you got Clay, and even Draymond in that game was actually amazing. He 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 would would have won Finals MVP, but like, um, like just nobody could score, and the intensity of that game just it sort of overwhelmed people. And I think early on in the game, I felt like, you know, Kawhi coming out and taking so many shots, like it was it was a necessity. The fact that he was he was ten of thirty through three quarters wasn't good. And I tweeted at one point that like Kawhi needed to be better, and people were getting in my case of like, yo, no one else is hitting shots, but I'm like. That's exactly why Kawhi needs to be better because literally he needs to save the Raptors, and um, it came down to it. But okay, so during the game, 
I felt like in the first half was okay. Um, Raptors defensively were pretty solid. You know, I felt like they were going to. I think both teams were feeling pretty good. Halftime, forty-four, forty. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I saw Sixers fans being being like, "Wow, you know, on the road, this is this is a great position." And I'm yeah. like, eh, "Well, just wait." But um, <laughs> third quarter there, that was such a dramatic moment where you're you're the Raptors go up nine right after the half. Yeah. And then the Sixers respond with a sixteen to nothing run. And over that stretch, I went back and looked at this morning. Kawhi got blocked. Pascal got blocked. Danny Green left his feet to contest on a three and gave yeah. up a wide open shot. Kyle Lowry missing wide open threes. The Raptors went five minutes without a field goal. And in and, and even though the Sixers weren't scoring that great, the fact that they went on the sixteen oh run, it felt like because there was so little scoring, it felt impossible for the Raptors to get back into that game. Yeah. And again, it's just the weight of everything that's happened before that mm-hmm. you start to feel again. It's like here we go, same old Raptors. That that that's sort of the mindset uh, that sort of creeps in. And you know, again, the one thing Nick Nurse has talked about over the course of this series, every time that they've been hit, even when, even after they lost Game One to Orlando, the thing that stands out the most to him is the way this group bounces back, the way that this team can sustain blows and then come back and deliver their own. And again, you saw that in this game. They take the sixteen-zero blow. And they come back and they get their own run going. Yeah, and and, and the guy that gets the the own run going is like you know speaking to this character of bouncing back, like Kyle Lowry. Um, he was everywhere, and so the Raptors respond yeah. to that sixteen zero run with a seventeen to seven run, and then the quarter actually ends with the Sixers only winning by one, which seems impossible considering the fact that they had a sixteen zero run during that stretch. But, um, you know, during that stretch, Kyle, I mean, he just made so many hustle plays he imposed his his energy on the game and mm-hmm. his desperation and mm-hmm. and this is something that we've seen from Kyle Lowry in elimination games right like well not maybe not elimination games I should maybe scratch that there were some game fours and stuff that you know weren't the best Kyle Lowry performances but um in game sevens where the, the opportunity is on the line and and it's really just about who wants him more who is more desperate Kyle came up with so many plays during that stretch and of course Ibaka as well Ibaka was huge right the, the first guy that stops that run is Ibaka who Gets deep possession against Jimmy Butler. Kyle feeds it inside. Ibaka makes a great move to actually not dribble the ball because uh, Butler had been poking the ball away from him in the post like every single time. Yep. Gets around him, gets for like basically a dunk. Um, then Kyle Lowry forces a turnover on James Ennis. James Ennis drives and Lowry kind of pulls the chair a little bit and Ennis loses control of the ball. Raptors get the ball, go the other way. Um, you know, you get Serge feeding Kawhi on the, on a high-low for a curl, and Kawhi gets a layup. Then Kawhi, and then Lowry gets two offensive rebounds on the same possession, and it finally ends up with him kicking out to Ibaka, who, who then swings it to Kawhi for three. Then, um, you know, from there, Kawhi drives. He dishes out to Mark, who gets a layup. Then Kyle Lowry finishes a layup over Joel Embiid. Yeah. Like, that's the stuff where, like, you know, like, you need your leader to step up. And that in that moment, even though the stat line for Kyle was like, whatever, he finished the game 10-6-6, six, and six, it doesn't look great, and people are going to slander him, but they just look at the box score. But his energy changed this entire game, and he, he rescued the Raptors and put Kawhi into that position where he can have that final play. Because, I mean, when you see a guy like Kyle Lowry winning offensive rebounds over Joel Embiid, Scoring layups over Joel Embiid, he's giving up like 13 inches yeah. in that matchup. Yeah, it's you know it's inspirational. Yeah, I think I think for the people who understand basketball, understand you know impacting the game uh, inside the margins, they will look at this game as a defining moment of Kyle Lowry's career. Those impact plays that he made. You talked about the offensive rebounds. You talked about the way you know Philly has impacted this series with their size. Kyle's heart is bigger than that. Yep. And like who like who played bigger? Like Tobias Harris is is a much bigger player. Who played bigger? Kyle Lowry or Tobias Harris? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And so those plays where he gets an offensive rebound, you know, and goes behind the back to Ibaka. Oh man. And, <laughs> oh. And then and then the one that leads to the kick out for the Kawhi three. Yeah. You know? Though those plays you 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 can't put a value on that. You can't translate that to what that means on a box score yeah it'll show up as one offensive rebound two offensive rebounds but it meant so much more mm-hmm. and <clears throat> again it, i mean yeah he finished over Embiid, and he and he took a charge from him too yeah yeah I exactly mean, he took a charge from him he took a charge from simmons in the fourth quarter yeah um as you mentioned there was one play where 
uh, Fred, who actually, I, well, I looked up the tape. Fred had a great game. Yeah. A really good game. Yeah. And I, I really regret um, knocking him down a peg because I, I saw the box when it was over five and I was like, wow. But no, he had a really good game. And defensively, he, he made a play in the fourth quarter there where he tips the ball away from Reddick and he goes the full length of the court for a layup. And Embiid makes an incredible chase down block. Mm-hmm. And Simmons should have just secured the rebound. He got two hands on it. Kyle pops up under him, rips the ball away. And like you mentioned, it's not just that Kyle is a hustle player. He's a really smart hustle player. Yeah. Like, f- f- nobody else. <laughs> like, he was the quickest thinker on the, on the floor yeah. last night, too. Yeah. And for him to just drop that bounce pass immediately to Serge, who was really just crashing the boards. He wasn't really trying to get into position to score. Yeah. But he puts Serge right on the spot, and Serge uh, finishes. Like, that's brilliant. It's brilliant stuff. And, and and you can go through any sport, any any team sport, right? Every single team that eventually does anything of note has a player like Kyle Lowry. Yep. I mean, in the words of Kawhi, it's a blessing to have Kawhi, Kyle on the court. Yeah. And the, the two of them say, sharing a hug after the, after the game was just uh, was heartwarming. It was, you know, a, a more muted version of the uh, – the Kyle Lowry, DeMar DeRozan hugs. Yeah. Like, that's yeah. immediately the, the memory I have in mind. I'm like, wow, look how much closer these guys got. They had some cookies, and now <laughs> now, it's, now they're best friends, you know? Just like when Kyle Lowry won, won for McFlurries with, uh, with, with DeMar back in 2015. I feel like they just understand each other in a different way. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. because they're two such high IQ basketball guys, they have an appreciation for each other in terms of how they can impact the game beyond the obvious stuff, right? Obviously... You know, in terms of the raw things that you can do on a basketball court, Kawhi stands out. But in terms of impacting, again, within the margins, both of those guys understand what they bring to the table. Yeah, for sure. Um, And, of course, you know, Kyle getting the Raptors back into the game, Ibaka getting the Raptors into the game, set the Raptors up for that fourth quarter um, where it was just blow for blow. Neither team could pull away. Uh, it was very much like Game Four against um, Philly in this series. Um, you know, neither team could really produce great offense. I would say Sixers right. getting like multiple shot clock violations because the Raptors. Honestly, it wasn't even like the Sixers weren't running stuff. They were trying to. They're running all their usual Redick handoffs and and Bede, You know, you know, making his moves and and Jimmy Butler making his moves. But like, you know, Ben Simmons not doing anything because you know he's a fraud. But like. Uh, I mean, you know, the Raptors just defensively were, were just right there. But I mean, even the Sixers, like they were also really good defensively, and it just came down to really impressive shot making. And you know, it's reductive, uh, slightly reductive at least, uh, you know, to boil down every playoff game to that. But this is you're seeing it now: the importance of having a guy who can make that shot in that moment under all the pressure, contests everything else, just good offense beating great defense. That was Kawhi in the fourth quarter. So first off, goes ten of thirty first th- first three quarters. Fourth quarter goes six and nine for fifteen points with the game winner. Um, and just the number of shots, even before the game winner, Kawhi hit was just insane. He is insane. He, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he is the best basketball player in the world. Um, you know, I know people can look at Kevin Durant's numbers mm. and. You know, those are undoubtedly impressive, but I would love to see. I mean, I I don't want to see it, but I have a pretty good idea of what Kawhi would do um, if he had Steph Curry and Klay Thompson beside him. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm. Uh, So uh, now, you know, it's really exciting to know that he's going to go up against Giannis um, with all the hype that Giannis has had and Mm -hmm. undoubtedly a great player. Yeah, for sure. And uh, likely the league's MVP. So I think he's going to rise up to the challenge again. And mm-hmm. we talk about that fourth quarter um, and people make the MJ comparisons, the Kobe comparisons. And I think they do that because when you see Kawhi in those moments, mm-hmm. you can sense that will and that desire yeah. to win. That's unmatched. Right. And for all the all stars uh, that Philly have, mm. they don't have a Kawhi. No, they have a guy who tries to be like Kawhi and Jimmy Butler. And you got to give Butler a lot of credit. I think he's a little bit Lowry-esque in a way where he makes the most of what he's given. He's yeah. not a naturally gifted player. Yeah. Um, and, and you know, Jimmy's not afraid of the moment. But you look at Embiid. Yeah. How small did Embiid play down the stretch? Right. Right. Um, ben Simmons, he didn't even have a single moment in right. the fourth quarter. Didn't take a shot. Didn't do anything. 
Like literally didn't do anything. Didn't even bring the ball up. That was Jimmy. He just stood in the. He just stood and got boxed out. Like that was literally all Ben Simmons did. It's not even slander. That's literally all he did. Tobias Harris, same shit. Like missing wide open threes all series. Like Tobias lost. A lot. I wouldn't say he lost a lot of money because the free agent market is. He's still gonna get paid. It's a lot of money out there. But the way he played in this series, I was not afraid of him. Yeah. Like I remember, we, we 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 sat, you know, in a different boardroom at the offices, you know, with with Alex like two weeks ago talking about this series, and I'm thinking like. Tobias is that one guy I'm not worried about. Yeah. I'm really just not worried about him. And, you know, and, and it's the same thing with the Raptors. Like, you saw, like, you know, if we're going to be completely honest, Pascal also kind of shrank from the moment, right? Didn't really want to do much. He had that layup at the end where Kyle fed him, but which was another great Kyle play, by the way. Just yeah. that steal. Oh, my God. <laughs> but, um, but, yeah, I mean, like, you know, it's a real test of character. It's a real test of endurance. It's a real test of will. And I think on all those fronts, that's what made guys like Kobe and, and MJ so great is that, like, they pass on all those friends, and it doesn't really boil down to the numbers so much as it boils down to what can you do in that moment. And exactly. Kawhi delivered for the second time in four games. The man delivered. And the one thing I will add to that is, you know, we talk about the ten for thirty shooting in the first three quarters. The reason the Raptors didn't lose because of that is because this is a guy who can turn off the tap on the other end. Yeah. First half, Jimmy Butler, two points. One for eight. Two points, man. The guy averaged 25 points a game between games two and six. Exactly. <laughs> and so he knows that even when he's not, you know, at his peak Kawhi level on the offensive end, he can still do incredible things on the defensive end. And, uh, you know, one thing I've talked about over the course of this series is I really thought Philly started to take on Jimmy Butler's identity mm-hmm. um, as the series went on. And so for him to sort of shut that off, that's that's what I thought gave the Raptors the opportunity uh, to win the game in the fourth quarter. You talk about Philly having a 16-0 run in the third quarter and you know only only taking a one-point lead from it. That it, those those are the margins. Yeah, exactly. Um, and down the stretch, like you know, any time the Raptors needed a bucket, they obviously went to Kawhi. Yeah, and there was a stretch there. I mean, he had a couple of misses late, which is why he shot six and nine. Um, but like he was. Every single time down the floor, like he was just like, I'll come around the screen, pull up for three. Yep. Um, you know, Joel Embiid hits a tough, like, fadeaway basically <laughs> over Gasol. Immediately, uh, Kawhi is not shook at all, comes back, hits a, the, literally the same shot, ties the game, you know. And it's yep. just like that attitude, that confidence, um, and really that ability, right? Because that man is automatic. And I think one thing that really helped, uh, you know, for the Raptors is like, you know, Nick Nurse's job really is just to put the players in the best position. I think he did a really good job yesterday, right? Like, he, I think he pulled the right plug. Yeah. He pulled the plug on Jim, uh, on uh, on Danny in the fourth quarter. I thought that was big because I think Serge was just playing better. Um, you know, I think um, the way he sort of, uh, uh, you know, he managed his rotation a little bit so that, you know, he could have um, size on the floor at all times really helped too because you saw the Raptors win the offensive rebound battle 16-5 to against a team that they're – much smaller against, which yeah. is just hard to believe. But most importantly, I thought the most important move Nick Nurse made was that um, the start of the fourth quarter, he rolled the dice and he gave Kawhi two minutes of rest. Yeah. And the, on the other end, the Sixers, they had everyone gone. And Bede played almost the entire second half because he literally couldn't come off the floor, right? He, he They were so bad when he was off, like comically bad. Um, but Nick was able to buy Kawhi those two minutes at the start of the fourth quarter, and when you and you and you saw how drained Kawhi was in the third quarter, there was one play where he didn't even close out on Tobias Harris, and you could just tell he was tired. Um, and he was ten of thirty, and in those two minutes of rest, it's like he supercharges batteries, came back in the game, and was just good to go again. And you could see he was the freshest guy. And I don't know if you want to trace it back to load management or anything like that, but. Even just within the game, just we're, we're, we're just putting aside a load manager. We're just talking about strictly coaching. That was a great move by Nick Nurse. And, you know, obviously he needed some players to deliver in that stretch. Like Mark hitting a three finally was great. Serge hitting that pull-up. Serge Ibaka. Man. M- Mr. Avec class. Yeah. <laughs> the original man. From the motherland. He really did <laughs> a pull-up three in Ben Simmons' face. Like, Yo, seriously, Kawhi, uh, Ibaka was shooting like Ben Simmons in the series <laughs> from three, <laughs> leading into that moment. Uh, he was 0 for 9 in the first six games. He pulls up in Simmons' face and drills it. And during those two minutes where Kawhi sat, the Raptors actually increased their advantage by only one point. But still, 
we've seen right in game uh game three how much the Raptors you know the rest of the guys came in and how much the Raptors just got their doors blown off on Kawhi sat those guys being able to give Kawhi those two minutes came and he came back refreshed and um and then he delivered the bounce yeah the yep, bounce yep. before before we get to the bounce yeah I mean I I do think we need to spend more time talking about Ibaka yeah um you know you talked about the preview podcast we did we talked about Ibaka being an X factor in this series, mm-hmm. and you look at the games where he he had a real impact. You know that was effectively the difference. You know the, the, that game four, um, that game five, game now game seven, and yeah, for him to hit the threes when no one else could make one, and I mean these were wide open looks that people were missing for him to be the one. Yep, <laughs> that made him. He made he, almost half the Raptors threes. Yeah, so that's incredible, and you know. I don't think we give him enough credit for being juggled the way he's been juggled this season. You know, he came in, he solidified his place as a starter when Jonas Valanciunas was on the team. And then to take a back seat when uh, Marcus Gasol stepped in. I mean, look at the Celtics. Mm-hmm. The way they adjusted to their roles, right? And the changes. You got Terry Rozier saying, I got thrown from the passenger seat to the trunk, you know? Ibaka could have had that same mindset too. Instead, yeah. all he cares about is winning. All this team cares about is winning. Mm-hmm. So he comes out, he makes winning plays. He has a real impact on the game. And then the other the other thing I'll touch on when when you talk about Nurse's great coaching is the fact that, you know, if if players have a gripe over a coach, yeah. if there's one thing that annoys them more than anything is someone who wavers on their stance. Mm-hmm. Who loses faith in their own philosophies and 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 their own you know judgment and you know players want someone they will respect someone who is confident in their decisions confident in their beliefs in their philosophies and we've seen that consistently from Nick Nurse right whether it's the platooning at the center um, whether it's the rotations um, he has stuck to his beliefs. You know, you talked about giving up on Fred. He could, he had every yeah. opportunity to do it, right? Every and in situations in situations like this, where you think about uh, what the conversation will be after the fact, it would it would have been easy for him to just say, "Yep, you know what, Fred Fred was shitting the bed. We will go to McCall. We'll go to Lynn. Now no one can say anything. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But yeah. then for Fred to give you the minutes that he gave you in Game Seven, yeah." You know, to play Ibaka and Gasol together, to put Ibaka on Simmons. Well, I mean, Simmons is basically a powerful. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, but seriously, he did a great job defending Simmons, and I think the best part about that is you put him on Simmons. Now you have Ibaka as a help defender, yeah, and yeah. that's when he's best. When yeah. he can come over and rotate and challenge shots. Yeah, he's great. And again, you know, when we talk about being, uh, you know, making the tough decisions for Brett Brown. To play all those guys pretty much the entire fourth quarter, I think that was the easy decision, right? Where you look back, and what can you really say to him, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, hey, you rolled those, my, I rolled those, my guys, yeah. yeah, I rolled my guys. You know, this is there's no way you can really criticize that. Yeah. But you know, maybe they end up getting tired at the end and don't have enough to finish it out. And you know, you know. Every second that Kawhi sits on the bench, yeah, all eyes are on Nurse. Yeah. When's he bringing him back? When's he bringing him back? When's yeah. he bringing him back? And those two minutes, you know, as much as that shot saved, as much as the bounce saved the season, mm-hmm. those two minutes, and you know, frankly, seven to ten minutes of real time might might have saved the season too. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, all right, so let's let's talk about the shot. But before we talk about the shot, actually. Um, Kyle Lowry getting that steal uh, was just I, – I think it, for Kyle, I think it was just, you know, he had made, he had made so many plays throughout the game. And that wasn't even the last play he made. The, the, another play he made was Raptors uh, up four, and Bede goes into the post, and mm-hmm. somehow Kyle's on him, and Kyle pulls the chair, and Embiid loses the dribble. He gets it back, but he goes up weak, and um, Serge blocks it. It's a clean yeah, block. Yeah, that was a clean play. Perfectly clean block. That was a and clean the Sixers got bailed out. The Sixers got a lot of bailout free throws in the fourth quarter. That that just that pissed me off to no end. Like, Jimmy Butler in the corner just swinging his arms up. Oh, yeah. And, like, on and Pascal, like, he that's, that's not a shot. That's not a shot. No. But um, whatever. Like, you know, 
Kyle made a lot of plays, but th- that steal, like how heads up that play was, because I went back and looked at it. Kyle's original assignment was JJ Redick, which was what his assignment was most of the game. He runs Redick off multiple screens. Um, you know, it, it, it takes away the first option, first off, right? Because the first option was to go to the handoff with Redick, which had been working so well. Yep. Um, and then the play sort of, they got to go to plan B. Then Tobias Harris tries to work some dribble handoff with Embiid. It's clear the two of them don't really have too much chemistry with that. And so Pascal is able to run Tobias off that, and then Tobias gets you know picks up the ball along the uh, sideline, and Mark comes over and helps and traps. And I don't even know how Tobias got rid of the ball, but Tobias did eventually you know find the pressure valve, which the release valve, which is like the only guy you can find in that situation, right? You're, the, realistically, with two bigger guys on you, you kind of just make the easy short pass. And Kyle reads the play. He helps across the floor from Jimmy Butler. Um, you know, catches Embiid blind. Embiid tries to flop. I'm so happy they didn't give Embiid that foul call. Mm-hmm. I would have been so mad. But <laughs> um, Kyle rightfully gets the steal, goes the other way, finds Siakam. Siakam, uh, you know, gets the layup. Should have been an and one, but whatever. That was a great play. And then, of course, a couple things happen. You know, um, you know, Kawhi misses a free throw. Butler misses a free throw. Um, you know, Raptors fail to uh, box out, and Butler goes the length of the floor. It's actually a two-on-one. With Reddick going into the corner, yeah. and I'm actually I was so afraid they're going to hit it to Reddick in the corner um, because that would have put the Sixers up one. But um, Butler goes to the rim, he ties it up with a layup. Raptors are shocked. It's like holy crap! How do they squander this? They were up four with like thirty seconds left, right? Yep. And then, and then Kawhi happened. And then Kawhi happened. I mean, <laughs> I think I, Kawhi. <laughs> oh my god. Oh. So happy, but I I think the one thing that's cool is like yeah, on one side you're saying how do they squander this, but at the same time I think this is what's changed with Kawhi being on this team. You knew with four seconds left, you still had the best player on the floor, you still had that hope that the Raptors could end the game, right? And I don't know if that would have been the same in years past. I don't know if you know. No disrespect. If Demar rises up for a fadeaway like that, that one hundred percent that's getting blocked. Most people, most people are probably you know he's trying. He's, he's trying to shaking their out. heads right away, <laughs> right? About that's the shot. That's the shot they got. You know what I mean? Yeah. How many times have we heard that? They're gonna fire Dwayne Casey for that shot. <laughs> and uh, and yeah, for Kawhi, I think it just changes the mentality of the fans going for forward, and that's what I'm most excited about. You know. Um, I got asked earlier on the radio today. Um, you did radio like this? Yeah, I did radio like this too. Jesus, man. <laughs> I got on that Nick Nurse Fisherman friend tip. <laughs> I'm on halls. I'm on halls. Oh, wow. Uh, All right. <laughs> Can't strike that. No. Uh, but yeah, uh, and what what they asked me was, you know, what will you tell like your kids, your grandkids about this moment? And I was like, and I said, you know, what I'll take from this is that this could be the moment that Raptors fans stopped fearing the worst. Yep. Yep. Stopped, you know, uh, fearing losing and started embracing the possibility of winning. Oh, man. You know? I th- you said that You said that on there? Yeah, I said that on there, just like this. Pointing at that shit right there. <laughs> <laughs> You're making, making, turn that into a fortune cookie. <laughs> um, and, yeah, I think that's what, that's what this moment means. I think... Again, you look at big picture, uh, potentially losing uh, Kawhi if you lose in the conference semis. And now, by going to the conference finals, everything becomes possible again. You know, because no matter how this goes with the Bucks, in some ways, you've kind of at least sort of met expectations, right? If you, if you go deep with, with the Bucks and then it goes one way or the other, you can sort of live with that. Um, Kawhi gets his matchup with Giannis to show that he's the best player in the East, if not the world, and and then and then you make your pitch. Yeah, I mean, look, if the Raptors get to the finals, he's staying. Yeah, he's staying. If the Raptors even give the six, uh, give the uh, the Bucks a good push, I think he's staying. And honestly, if you look at the scenes after the game, him hugging Uncle Dennis. Um, Masai hugging Uncle Dennis, Uncle Dennis hugging the you know Larry Tannenbaum. Like, yep, it's just it's, it's there's so many scenes, and, and I think 
that that one shot changed so much. But I mean, going back to the bigger picture, like I completely agree with you. Like that's why I was up so late last night. Was I was thinking like this. The moment is over. Like, no more feeling sorry for yourselves. Like, the, the first thing that reminded me of, actually, was Masai, um, you know, on media day. And I, you were there, too, right? Yeah. Um, and it, it, you remember, like, the scene in the room. Like, I feel like the line of the questioning for the reporters, from the reporters, was so much about, is Kawhi going to stay? Is he going to be happy? Is he going to report? And Masai, just, like, at one point, he's like, yo, guys, shut it down. Believe in yourselves. Believe in the city. Yeah. You know what I mean? We're trying to win here. And I think... It was one thing to hear it in terms of just as a pep talk because it was hard. Like, admittedly, there was the franchise was very low on self esteem. That's what happens when you get sunned by LeBron so many times, right? Like, it's just, it's hard to, um, it's hard to get over that. But I mean, at the same time, like, it was just, it was such an, I don't know. It's to set the tone for the season. He brought in a player at the time who was going to change everything. And I think we kind of knew in the back of our minds, like, okay, this is different. He's really good. He's really accomplished. But we didn't know exactly what it meant. And we finally saw it yesterday. And and I think, you know, just after the game, I was thinking, like, there's no more feeling sorry for ourselves. There is nothing. Like, the Raptors, they are not cursed as a franchise. They have historically fallen short a lot of times. But this is not a team that's destined to lose. Right. And you have a player in Kawhi Leonard who's going to change all that. And I think... More than anything else, like, if you just think about happy Raptors moments, right, how many of those have you ever had as a fan? Like, I mean, you know what I mean? Like, uh, Laker fans everywhere can be on playgrounds and yell Kobe and shoot a random yeah. tough, tough shot. You know what I mean? You know, like, there's just so many fans. Like, and, you know, I'm sure Portland fans out there are screaming Dame time and stuff like that, right? Like, the Raptors literally never had any moment like that. No. Our Dame time is Gravis Vasquez shimming in a loss. <laughs> like our 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 Kobe before this moment was Kyle Lowry throwing up that prayer to force overtime and a loss yeah. against uh, Miami, right? Yeah. So to finally have this moment where again kids can be yelling Kawhi, you know, we could be throwing paper into the garbage bin and, and saying Kawhi, you know what I mean? Like that's yeah. that this is a like a cultural touch point. Mm-hmm. Like as much funny as much as it's just fun to throw out the Canadian heritage moment. This straight up is a Canadian heritage moment. Like it just it changes the mentality of this franchise, and I hope going forward, having experienced this, having experienced what it really feels like, like do not be afraid to win and do not be afraid to believe in the Raptors. Absolutely, and you know the one thing I'll add to that is you think about sort of checkpoints uh, that have brought uh, basketball love mm. to this city and this country. Mm-hmm. There'll always be um, when the Raptors. Were inaugurated. Yep. There will always Isaiah Thomas busting through the cartoon yeah. dinosaur. <laughs> yeah. There will always be um, Vince's impact. Yep. And everything he did. Um, I think Kyle and Damar with the We the North movement. And now. I like how you just uh, papered over Chris Bosch's entirely unmemorable. <laughs> <laughs> no, for real though. Chris Bosch didn't have memorable moments. It's just, it's honest. It's true. I mean, yeah, it is what it is. Uh, and now the bounce. The bounce. Four times. Ball bounce four times. Um, play design, I think I kind of knew what it was going to be. Like, obviously, it was going to go to Kawhi, but we know where Kawhi likes the ball. Yeah. Like, he likes to go to his right, mm-hmm. and along that baseline, he can elevate and he can beat a guy to the spot, and he's so long, he can elevate. But then when you look at the replay and you look at how good Embiid was defensively, like, Embiid was exhausted, and he threw everything he had into that contest. And if you look at the photos, it doesn't even seem possible that he got the shot off, let alone the fact that the shot hit front iron, bounced straight up into the air, hit back iron, then bounced like two more times, and then decided to just like plop into the rim. Like yeah. It was just like, eh, do I want to break Sixer hearts or do I want to play Raptors hearts? It's like, ah, Raptors fans, you guys deserve it. Yeah. Falling, right? <laughs> like It was literally like you know, an act of God. and um, It was a movie. It was a movie scene, and like the reaction afterwards, um, you know, Kawhi sinking into the crowd, which I think is so funny that like he's immediately mobbed by the Raptors, like deep bench guys. Yeah, the the fact that it was all the scrubs. It was, (laughs) yo, relax. (laughs) Eric Mullen was there, Um, (laughs) but uh, but but Chris Boucher was there, like Jordan Lloyd. You know, Jeremy, like, it was just, it was crazy. And then, like, eventually you see Danny come into the fray and Pascal joins. And it it was just such a great scene. And then the one guy that really stood out to me, well, well, two guys, Kyle, obviously, one, he 
immediately after the, the, the ball goes through, he collects the rebound and he keeps that ball under his arm. And yeah. I'm sure he gave that ball to Kawhi Leonard. And and that's something that Kyle did earlier in the season when Nick Nurse's first game, first professional NBA win. Um, you know, Kyle made sure to get that ball and give it to Nurse, which was a great moment. And he did the same thing today for Kawhi. Oh, I um, thought he would have given it to Serge, you know, balls for balls. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Yo, man, Serge, yeah, they got to make another ball and they get that ball to Serge. Okay? Just take one of the other warm-up balls, give that one to Serge. And honestly, Kyle deserves a ball from that game, too. Um, but, yeah, I mean, he made sure to collect that ball. And then also, after that shot goes in, Marcus All turns around and he draws, he traces a cross on his chest and he's just like, I have witnessed a miracle. Yeah. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. That, just, was, that was wild. Uh, <laughs> that was just that so was sweet, wild. Man. Um. Oh. Yeah, there's so many great moments, uh, so many fan reactions. Yeah. Oh uh, my god, the video like all so day of just watching fan videos that like. are so great. And 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 you know, one of the ones I saw is like this family or group of friends watching, mm-hmm. and then you see it hit the rim, and they're all like, oh, and then and then the anticipation builds mm-hmm. back up when it's bouncing, <laughs> and then they all just go crazy, and yeah, I mean. That's what I mean. It, it, you know what? You're right. That is a movie scene. That's some egregious shit that they would do in a movie. <laughs> and you're like, this is unrealistic. Yeah. Basketball's not played like this. There's no way physically the ball would bounce like this. And it did. It did in real life. And we were... Oh, my God. Um, what was the scene like in the office? What was your reaction? I mean, so like I said, I was, I was having the recap. And then yeah. obviously you pause for the moment. And then I think on the third bounce, like you knew it was going in. So like I don't even think I saw it fully go through the hoop. Mm. Like I started, uh, I started to see it, and then I just went nuts. <laughs> I jumped out of my chair. Yep. I ran. I ran the length of the office. Came back. I was like, "Oh, I gotta submit this." <laughs> yeah. Um. Added that there was a buzz beater. Oh yeah, big, big, yeah, big, yeah, big, uh, big moment. Out there. We should put that in the story. <laughs> um. And then yeah, I had to race downstairs to do the show. Yeah. Uh, shouts to. Harrison Sanford to Young Alex Chats. Wong, that was that was that was a crazy was fun show. Back from no, that was a seriously fun show too. Um, and again, yeah, what this moment represents for basketball in this city and this mm-hmm. country. Um, everyone that witnessed it, I don't think they'll ever forget it. Yeah, um, like it's, like even even when I walked here, man, mm-hmm. I, I I got out and. I, I saw my neighbor first thing he says to me is you watched the game last night I was like you know what I mean everyone, everyone just wants to talk about the game yeah. Every, and, and you know some people uh, some people compare it to the Jose Bautista bat flip moment right mm-hmm. yeah yeah it's something that everyone wants to talk about yeah and it's not often we get to say that about the Raptors in this country for real and in terms of just moments I mean first off like um, on media row like <laughs> So, I mean, there is a professional etiquette when it comes to sitting in media row about yeah. cheering and things like this. I feel like you got to give an exception for a moment like that. <laughs> you got to give an exception. Will, Will, are you about to get like a yeah, warning? I'm about to snitch on myself. It is what it is. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, the media row went nuts. like And just like being surrounded. And a lot of these people are like not just I – don't, I don't see them as like media members. I really just see them as my friends. You know, guys I worked with forever, like Cash and, you know, uh, Woodley I've known for a long time. Like, you know, Alex, like, like the shot goes in and, like, I spent probably, like, five solid minutes just, like, hugging Alex. Alex was like, yo, bro, I got to go to the, the live show. <laughs> but, no, it was just – it was, like, sheer pandemonium. Um, and that's from people that are trained to – well, first off, trained to stay professional, but also people that are at – basketball games professionally they're at all the biggest moments yeah and for to see people like that react um because of the moment like it was just it's incredible and if you take a bigger you know scope in terms of just like where it ranks for raptors moments like i think the shot might be on the same level as like well i'm not the same level but in terms of culturally cultural significance it's probably on the same level as vince carter in the dunk contest you know what i mean just like someone in the raptors jersey doing something that crazy and, and arguably this is better. Yeah, and I, th- I think the reason that's so is because of the global impact, right? Like, if you search Raptors' reactions, mm. like, obviously you'll see the stuff in Toronto and across Canada. Yeah. But, like, I saw reaction videos, you know, from Mexico, from mm-hmm. uh, Europe, mm-hmm. you know, from all these different places um, that watch that moment. 
And it's just a crazy basketball moment, period. It's not just a Raptors moment, right? And uh, I think, you know, frankly, there's a a decent chance uh, that at some point that ball that Kyle got to Kawhi, the NBA Hall of Fame might ask for it. Because that's 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 the first time ever that there's been a game seven a, game a winner, game, yeah. game seven game seven game winner right yeah uh, so that's how big that moment is and again I feel like you know the reason people remember the Vince the slam dunk contest is because those are the moments where the Raptors and their fans genuinely feel like they are a part of the NBA a part of the NBA yeah right and yeah. <clears throat> and so I think. Uh, just more moments like these, you know. Every everyone's used to clowning on the Raptors uh, on the state side mm. and making those jokes, those Barney jokes, whatever it may be. Shit's but guess what? Barney. Guess what? We got a big boy now. Yeah, we got Kawhi, man. Um, the scenes. So let's go back to the scenes. Um, I think one of the things that really stood out to me was um, this idea of redemption um, and 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 vindication. Um, and, and I, I saw that in the faces of guys like obviously Kawhi, right? I mean, he, he talked about after the game, he's like, you know, he's asked about his journey about, you know, all those criticism he took last year for taking a year off and, and getting right and stuff. And he's like, look, I made the best decision for me to get healthy to, for me to recover. And it came to a situation like the Raptors who were able to manage the injury and get me back to this place. And this is the best version we've ever seen out of Kawhi. This is the best that Kawhi's ever played. He's had yeah. moments. I mean, he had a great playoff run, you know, before he got hurt by Zaza. But, like, you know, this is better than that. This is on a different level. Yeah, um, I agree. He's never had a moment like this. This is his signature moment. And this is from a guy who's been Finals MVP. Like, But, like, you know, even though it was Finals MVP, do you remember a single play that Kawhi made? No, I mean, uh, I mean, I think the thing that probably stands out to me the most is that that time when LeBron was at the free throw line and saw Kawhi check back yeah, in. Yeah, exactly. And I was like, ah, shit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, um, now LeBron's at home tweeting about Kawhi, so um, <laughs> it's true. <laughs> but uh, it's been five years, man. People don't always get five years, but um, Kawhi. I mean, like taking a year off the rest. I think it really just vindicated him in terms of the decisions he made. And obviously he took a lot of flack. You know, nobody believed his side of the story. Yeah. You know, the way the thing ended in San Antonio. And I think he's taken a pretty – he's taken the high road with the whole thing. I mean, he could have chosen to give it his side and, and, and tear down the Spurs. He didn't do that. Right. Um, I thought that was great. I think that – the fact that, like, you got, you got things like Greg Popovich saying, like, he's not a leader. And, like, it was sort of, you know, out of context and things like that. He's trying to make a point about Patty Mills. You know, you always got to uh, – Take an opportunity to build up Patty Mills every time you can, yeah. And uh, you got to do that at the expense of Kawhi. But I mean, that's leadership right there. Yeah, you know, that's leadership. You don't think <laughs> you don't think scoring forty one points in a game seven, hitting the game winner, locking down Jimmy Butler is leadership? Yeah, you know what I mean. So yeah, everyone leads in different ways, man. And, yeah, his way of leading w- is going to win the fucking game. Like that's <laughs> that's, that's leadership. That's yeah, leadership exactly. No, um, no one in this city is com- complaining. No one in this country is complaining. Yeah, I mean, seriously. No, I mean, all those people that were, you know, oh, uh, Kawhi sitting out a game against Charlotte in in February. But think of me, like, no, think of yourself in this moment. How dumb you feel. <laughs> all right, let the man sit. Whatever he wants. Um, that was a lot of vindication for for Kawhi. Yeah, for Uncle Dennis as well. Um, you know, like. I mean, first off, the fact that he even his nickname is even Uncle Dennis is just wild. It's really just it's a little bit demeaning by Spurs fans when they when they put that out there, right? It's right. sort of just like it stresses the fact that you know he is not. It's it's sort of just it's it's like the um, it's like the comment that Phil Jackson had about LeBron and his um, posse. You know, yeah, the posse thing, right? It was just like it's the same idea of like diminishing someone just because he is a family member. It's you know like first off, like he's. If you look at his, like Dennis Robinson's job is to make Kawhi as marketable as possible yep. and help him achieve greatness in his career. Mm-hmm. When has Kawhi been more visible than this season? Never, never. literally never. never. We didn't even know Kawhi laughed funny until now. Yeah, and it was like, oh wow, what? Yeah, right. Um, and all the moments that he's had this year, so many game winners and stuff. The fact that you have Dennis running onto the floor, hugging Kawhi. Uh, wearing a very very nice looking uh, New Balance jacket, yep, by the way, yep, I would say New yep. Balance gear never looks so good. <laughs> um, 
it was just it was great. I think I think he made the right decision. It was a tough decision. He stood in Kawhi's corner, and um, and for them to be able to share that moment after all that they've gone through, and and you know it's been talked about before, but like you know Kawhi had you know lost his father early in his life, and you know mm-hmm. it, you know his uncle became a big uh, presence for him. Like for them to have that moment is it's incredible, yeah. and the outpouring of emotion and support. Um, Jeremy Castleberry being there too, who's you know he's been with him since the San Diego days. Like, I'm I'm just really happy for for Kawhi and his and his his family. Yeah, and I think part of why we saw that emotional release from Kawhi after the buzzer beater is because you know of everything that happened in San Antonio. Um, you think about his narrative. Um, obviously, people sort of anecdotally mentioned that he was a finals MVP but everyone sort of says you know what if what if Zaza didn't step under Kawhi right mm-hmm. it's all what if what if what if right what maybe he stayed maybe he's still in San Antonio this and that this was I think a closing of that chapter yep forget about the what ifs forget about the past Amen. I'm here yeah I'm back yeah and I'm doing my thing in Toronto and it's great and he should keep doing that thing in Toronto by the way um one guy that uh, also set up. So apparently, uh, according to Kevin Arnovitz, you know, he talked to like a couple of people to get like a sort of paint the scene sort of piece on ESPN. Um, but uh, one guy that was quoted was like a, a security guard uh, at Scotiabank. And he said that he spotted Masai, you know, in tears. And you know what I mean? Like the, the, the outpouring of emotion, like so much being on the line. And I think. You know, even more than Kawhi, the guy that got vindicated more than anything else is Masai Ujiri for for making this move. Like people forget this now because it's so obvious how great of a player Kawhi is. People really forget this now, but the reaction when that thing happened, it wasn't always just sheer joy. Yeah, it was. How could you? People were saying fire Masai yeah. because how could you trade Demar for this? Where you at? Where where are you at? You every every single person that said that, I mean, they had a reason to. I could see why you'd be emotionally attached to Demar, but trading a guy like that was not a crime, and it was treated as if it was a crime. Yeah. It was treated as if Masai should just, you know, run this show as if it's just this little tiny mom and pop shop, and it's just oh, it'll just be happy. Someone wants to stay here. Like no, Masai had the mentality to win. He made a move. He put himself on the line by making that move. He said, "Put it on me." Yeah. He said, "Put it on me." Yeah. And he brought in Kawhi Leonard. And for him to be tearing up in that moment because of what Kawhi delivered to the city, because he got the fan base to believe again. Like, mm. seriously, it's not easy to get Raptors fans to believe. Yeah. It is not. You've seen a lot of heartbreak. Um, and, you know, him hugging, um, you know, Dennis, you know, him hugging uh, the Raptors um, uh, franchise owner. Like, I'm just, I'm really happy for Masai. Like, he deserves everything. Absolutely, man. And, you know, you mentioned Media Day before. I remember after uh, Masai and Kawhi and Danny were done, Masai had a brief little uh, yeah, side, 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 session. side session. Yeah. And someone, basic, someone basically asked him, you know, uh, what will you do if this doesn't work out? Or, mm-hmm. you know, do you think about the ramifications and this and that? And Masai straight up looked him in the eye and said, I don't need this. Yeah. My life will be perfectly fine. Yeah. My life is not based on what happens here. Yeah. Right? Like, there's so much that he does outside of basketball um, for the Raptors. You think about the things he does for Africa um, and the impact that he's had on that continent. Mm. Even in Canada. Yeah. Um, And so... he's he's, He's clearly has a pure heart. Yeah. And so for him to... And I thought that was sort of him pushing back at, like, all the criticism that he's taken and all the heat. Like, you think about what he's done to turn this organization into a winner. You think about those years of going, transitioning, you know, after Vince left from Rob Babcock to uh, Brian Colangelo and the chopping and changing of the rosters year after year. Everything that he's brought, everything the Raptors have accomplished over the past five, six years – it's because of the stability that he's brought from the top. Yeah. Yeah. And as important as that shot was to improve the Raptors' chances of keeping Kawhi, mm-hmm. I also think it increases the Raptors' chances of keeping Masai. 
Yeah. And, you know. Sure, I this is why it's worth it, man. I think there was every chance that, say you lose game seven, he could just look and say, I've done everything I possibly could have done. And none of it worked. Mm. And I've got all these people who are ready to appreciate me. I'll go somewhere else. You know what I mean? Yeah. And now you're in a position where things might go well. You might be able to keep, keep Kawhi. Mm. And now he's probably saying, hey, I'm the one who built this. I want to see this through. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I think it changes the narrative there as well. Where, you know, I think, you know, the reason why I think there was a possibility and of Masai leaving mm-hmm. is because you look at the past playoff runs and how present he's been. Mm-hmm. He has been very much under the radar yep. on this run. Yep. He has shied away from the spotlight completely. Mm-hmm. And there's been no F Brooklyn. There, there's <laughs> no, there's been no, we don't give a shit about it. Yeah. You know, he, he is very much shied away from it. He's letting the players do the talking because honestly, when he said to put him, put it on himself, he did everything he possibly could. Mm-hmm. And now it's on the players. Yeah. He's got every player that you could have wanted for this run. Yeah. From Kawhi to Danny to Gasol. Yeah. And, and he had that Shit clearing surge. of the air with Kyle as yep. well. Oh, the man, the, the little hug with Kyle then too. Yeah. It's just like the ultimate moment of Kyle being like, you know what? I understand. I understand why you traded the mark. <laughs> I understand why you traded the bar. Okay, I'm sorry, Musa. I'm sorry I was being so distant for for months as you tried to trade me for my Conley. Um, <laughs> no, I'm really happy that didn't happen. Um, but yeah, yeah man, I'm, th- those are two people I'm probably happiest for, man. Masai and Kawhi. Yeah, um, happy for Serge as well. Absolutely. Hey, look, listen. Um, I've never seen a guy so affected by confidence but um you know he hit that early three and it was like it's gonna be a good surge game yeah and it was a great surge Ibaka turning into prime chris bosh off the bench was something i did not expect to happen in a game seven setting but he was incredible yeah kyle was obviously incredible i mean he was so good that when i rewatched this game i'm like i'm gonna make a highlight compilation of kyle larry hustle plays which sounds like a self-own but like for real like those are game changing plays that of you course. can't it's it's not as big as hitting the game winner. Kyle Lowry's never gonna be the kind of guy that hits the game winner unless Matthew Delabadova's guarding him. Like he's he's gonna do his best, but he's limited. But his best, I mean, he's gonna give you everything. Nobody wanted that, that game more than Kyle Lowry. I mean, the fact that he was winning rebounds and scoring layups over Joel Embiid just tells you everything. Um the satisfaction on his face, like the giddiness, he was just walking around with the ball. And just, like, smiling to himself, like, dumbly. You know what I mean? Just a dumb look on his face and just, like, holy crap, we really did it. Celebrating with Masai, celebrating with, with Kawhi. Like, great moment. And also, the, the Mark saw. I just think that, like, obviously people have – JV was a fan favorite. It's like a it – honestly, it's kind of like a Kawhi-Demar situation, although it was very obvious immediately that Kawhi was great. So people kind of, you know, couldn't – you couldn't even say anything about it if you wanted yeah. to, right? But, like – because no one was really out there being like, wow, DeMar would have done this. It's like, no, he, DeMar wouldn't have done shit. But, like, um, there was a lot of, like, JV would have done this. And, honestly, a lot of moments it was, like, when Gasol wasn't able to score against, like, Tobias Harris in the post. You're like, what is going on? Yeah. But, like, his defense on Embiid was absolutely stellar. You you look at the Sixers, they had nobody they could stop. Mm-hmm. Um, Kawhi. Kawhi was just that good. And Embiid really should be that good. But, I mean, in this series, he had – one average game, one great game, and five below average games. Right. And on the, if you look at the total numbers, he and beat average seventeen points a game, shot thirty seven percent from the field. Like literally, Marcus All gave Joel Embiid the Nick Vucevic treatment. Like, yeah. That's exactly what happened to Orlando, and that's and that's exactly what happened. Without Mark, they don't they don't win the series. No, not at all. And you look at the two biggest factors for the Sixers: Embiid and Butler. If you can shut those guys down. Well, not every team has two defensive player of the years. <laughs> you know, it's a great luxury to have. So look at how far they've come, right? From that miscommunication on an Augustine three mm-hmm. to shutting down Jimmy and yep. Embiid. Incredible stuff, man. I'm 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 really happy for I'm I'm really happy for the Raptors. I'm happy for the fans, obviously. I'm happy for you and I. We got to, you know, continue covering the team and, you know, covering one of the greatest runs. 
And then I think the last thing I really want to touch on, um, sort of just the last thing to look back on Game 7, was obviously there are parallels we drawn between this Game 7 and the Game 7 between the Raptors and the Sixers in 2001. Two superstars, Vince Carter, DeMar, uh, DeMar DeRozan, uh, Kawhi Leonard, um, you know, basically the same scenario. Uh, Vince was down one, so it, it's, you know, it was a little bit different. Kawhi, the, the game was even, but shot on the baseline, uh, one rims out, one goes in. Um, unfortunately, I wasn't like a Raptors fan at that time, so I don't really have any direct relations to talk about. Um, but for you, having tracked this team for a very, very long time, how did you see the situation, and do you feel like there were parallels to be drawn there? Um, yeah, I think definitely in terms of sort of opening and closing a chapter of Raptors pain, that was the beginning that fade away. I mean, you think about all the playoff moments since then, right? Mm-hmm. Chris Childs rushing that shot. Um, yeah. You think about <clears throat> the alley-oop from Jose Calderon to uh, Chris Bosh that never was. Mm. Richard Jefferson stealing the ball. Yeah. Um, even up to last year where... Fucking Paul Pierce blocking Kyle Lowry. Paul Pierce blocking Kyle Lowry. lined up on the wrong side of the floor. Yep. Yeah, people just don't talk about that one. No. <laughs> I mean, it's just too much, man. It's just too much. Yeah. You think about game one against uh, the Cavs. Yeah. You know, all the optimism coming into that game. Oh, the Raptors finally have home court. Oh, the offense is different. And then for three quarters, it looked that way. And it all got shut down in the fourth quarter. And you're talking about point blank misses at the rim. And it's almost like, what is wrong with this franchise? Yeah. It's this franchise is cursed. Yeah. And, um... and now finally... It's like the shot. It ends the curse. For real. Um, and I think, I mean, you were telling me before the show about, like, just how, you, I mean, obviously it was a long time ago and your your life has changed tremendously, but um, like, how, do you just walk us through, like, you know, how that shot went for you, you know, where you were at, and I don't just just how it's changed for you as, like, a lifelong Raptors fan. Yeah, so I guess to understand my uh, emotions of that that Vince shot is like, you know, a lot of people talk about Vince's impact on the game in Canada, um, but really it's it's been a global impact because for me, I was a kid who grew up in Dubai and all I cared about was soccer and cricket and tennis. And all of a sudden, on like Friday evenings, if I remember correctly, there was one basketball show that used to come on, um, and it was NBA action. It was a half-hour show, and all of a sudden, when those top ten plays came up at the end, the reason I got hooked was because of that dude in purple that was just flying out the gym every mm-hmm. time. Yeah. Right? And that's how I got hooked. I was I was a Raptors fan before I even came to this country. That's the impact that Vince had. And I still remember when that seven-game series with Philly was going on. You know, I'm dating myself here. Mm. But literally in the morning, because of the time difference, I would log on to the Internet, get through the dial-up, you know. Use uh, the 50 megabytes you have per week from net zero. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, And I'd log on. I'd see the score. And so for that game seven... I'm seeing, you know, Philly up one, and I I literally just had to leave to go catch my bus because I was hitting refresh and nothing was happening. Um, That's dial-up. Yeah. <laughs> and so I leave, and so now, you know, eight hours, I'm just sitting at school with no idea what the hell happened. And then finally I come back home, and I see, obviously, the Sixers advance and this and that, and then I see the shot, the miss. And you're thinking, how could he miss that, you know? Yeah. Such a good look for him. Such a good look for him. You expect that to go down nine times out of ten. I mean, he faked that man out of the air. Yeah. I forget, who, who was it that flew by? Theo Ratliff. Theo Ratliff, yeah. Who had a, had a great run as a sixer. Really yeah. good shot blocker. Yeah. But he pumped him out of there, and he had a clean look, and it, it bounced out. It bounced out. And this one bounced in? And this one bounced in. God damn. And Kyle Lowry's here now. And yeah. Kawhi Leonard's here right now. Yeah. And Marcus Saul's here now. And Danny Green's here now. Well. And Masai's here now. Serge Ibaka's here. 
Serge kind Ibaka. of. Serge is, Serge is either not here at all or definitely very, very present. <laughs> <laughs> but as an X Factor, you could do a lot worse than Serge Ibaka. So. Absolutely, man. Yeah. Man, what a great feeling. I hope you feel better, man. Thank I mean, you, look, man. the weather has been trash in Toronto. That's the only yeah. thing that I, I wish that was a little bit better <laughs> for Kawhi right now. Where like, oh, you were like, yo, yo, we're just I know it's minus twenty, but just wait on it, man. Wait on it, bro. Like when, when you see Toronto in the summertime, it's been worth it. And it's nope. midday. <laughs> it is. It feels like three degrees outside. It is raining. It's been raining all day. It was yeah. raining pretty much all of yesterday too. Apparently, it's gonna be like twenty plus on the weekend. So I that's, mean, we'll that's see. key. But we'll see. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. But uh, man, Kawhi Leonard. The bounce. It happened. Raptors in the next round. We are going to uh, preview the Bucks series tomorrow. I think today really is just about living in this moment, soaking every single second of it up. Like, I know the playoffs are still going. It's not like the Raptors won the title or anything, but like y- y- we're going to look back on this moment, and all you're going to remember from this run is this moment. Well, I, I don't know. Maybe the Raptors win the title. Who knows? But Yeah. Um, but this will be an unforgettable moment, and I think you know it, we owe it to ourselves as fans, as as people that cover the team, to soak this in as much as possible. Absolutely, so, man. Tomorrow, been a long time coming. Yeah, seriously, it's, it really has been a long time coming. So tomorrow, we are going to preview the Bucks series. So uh, check back on the podcast feed for that. Hopefully, Vivek, you will feel a little bit better. Yeah. Um, but uh, in the meantime, Kawhi. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. The bounce, baby. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.